Welcome to KJV Cafe. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen. Each episode of the cafe is dedicated to studying the Bible verse by verse from Genesis through Revelation. Your host here at the cafe is Bible teacher Clark Covington. Looks like the coffee is hot and ready, so let's get started. Amen. Glory to God. Welcome to the cafe. Welcome to the program. Pastor Clark Covington here with another episode of KJV Cafe. So glad to be here today. Amen. We are making our way through Genesis 3. It's a great um, chapter here because what we see in Genesis 3 is that we're turning from God's perfect creation to the sin curse entering into mankind and into the world. Genesis 1 is telling us about God's literal uh, literal creation of the earth, the dry land, the sea, the space, stars, sky, all of it, right? And we see as we go through Genesis 1 and we go Genesis 2 and we see the garden being created and we see this beautiful place, literally Eden translated in the language um, in Hebrew is like paradise or luxury or perfection. So this beautiful place, this amazing vegetation and fruits and animals. We see God so caring for Adam coming and creating Eve so that he had his own help meet, one meet to help him, amen. Not M-E-A-T, meet, but M-E-E-T, meet, like meant for, to help. And Adam has Eve and things are so good and everything is perfect. And I think of that like just beautiful river that was so powerful flowing through the Garden of Eden that it split off into four heads, amen. It was just like paradise, you know? And they're naked, so it can't be that cold, amen. It's probably really warm. And I don't know if you're like me, but like I think a lot about the warm weather. I mean, especially when it's cold here. I don't know what's going on, but it seems like it's been awfully cold this year. And I'll think about, you know, when it's warmer out, like you do more things outside. When it's warmer out, you're more like active. When it's warmer out, there's more sunlight. When there's more sunlight, kind of makes you happy. Like, dude, it, that's, people think it's a small thing. Like, this is paradise. Everything is perfect, right? This is the optimal way to live. So many people want to talk about the best way to live. Adam and Eve had it the best. And then you turn to Genesis 3. And then the serpent in Genesis 3.1 appears so subtle, just coming up to talk, just wants to have a little chat because apparently that could go on in the, in the garden. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said, he spoke unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? See, he's prompting, he's asking the question. He's very subtle. He may even look concerned as if he cares for them. Surely he doesn't. He came to kill, steal, and destroy. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit... Of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. God gave Eve and Adam, Adam and Eve, clear warning not to touch it, and clear consequence if they do, death. Okay? Yeah, that's like a pretty good way to beware of something. You're going to die if you touch it. Okay, well, I won't touch it. All right? There was a warehouse. I used to work at a warehouse. We had a little business in there. And I don't know what was going on with the outlets, but, you know, I was plugging something in and I was, I don't, I don't know if I broke any rules, but I got a little bit shocked. And I'll tell you what, 
you know, I said to myself, I never want to have that feeling again because I don't want to die. So it was kind of like a warning, you know, and I was very careful with the outlets ever, ever since then, especially in that warehouse. And here God himself literally gives that warning. You know, God Almighty says, don't touch this lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman in verse four, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in that day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And so last episode, we, we jumped in and we talked about why would Satan make that claim that they would be as gods? Turns out that he wanted to be as gods. And Isaiah 14, 13 through 16 tells us, For thou hast said in thine heart, I will send into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. He says he's going to, he's going to, his throne will be above the stars of God. I will send above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. You see the picture there? Satan wanted to go up and he's being brought down. He was telling Adam and Eve, you're going to go up when you take that fruit. And they were brought down. He's saying, you're going to be so revered. Like you are going to be so praised if you do this. And then here we see in Isaiah uh, 14, verse 16, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble that did shake kingdoms? You see, <laughs> this is awesome. God says, you know what? You want to be like me. You want to be above me. I'm going to send you so low that people will laugh at you. They will make snide remarks. They will chuckle at your situation. So not only will you not be high like me, and not only will you be in torment forever, but you're going to be laughed at. You're going to, people are going to be like, really? Oh, wow. Look at you. So the thing that he wanted most, he received the opposite. Adam and Eve, they thought they would be supercharged. Instead, they were sh super shortchanged. And they were put in a place that death entered the picture and they eventually died. Satan was proven to be lying. Verse six, this is our verse today. And the woman and when the woman saw that the tree uh, was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And that's what we're going to get to. We're going to get to that verse and we're going to look at exactly what it says about why she gave in to this temptation when we come right back from this break. You're listening to KJV Cafe. We encourage you to look us up on your favorite podcast app and subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Now let's get back to some more in-depth Bible study. All right, so here we are. And what do we see? We see good for food. And this is Genesis 3, 6. The tree was what? Good for food, pleasant to the eyes, a tree to make one wise. We see three elements here in Genesis 3, 6 that is showing what's enticing Eve to eat this fruit and eventually Adam as well. Good for food. Did she have, did they have any other food in the garden? Probably had more food knowing God and how loving God is and how God's provision makes our cups overflow. God is so good. He is so incredible. Knowing God, man, they had so much food. They had more food than they could ever eat, okay? And we think, or we know, by because death hadn't entered yet, that they were eating plants and vegetables, fruit, etc. They weren't eating 
meat. So don't even think about the animals, though they were there. They simply were eating of the land, right? Because if you were to eat meat, you'd have to kill something and there was no death because sin hadn't yet taken place. It was about to, but it hadn't taken place. Good for food, pleasant to the eyes, tree to make one wise. Here are these enticements, right? These enticements, you know, hey, even though all the food is here, I wonder what that tastes like, right? You ever go to a buffet and I don't know about where you live, but where we live, there's some pretty big buffets, some big spreads of food. I know places, what, Las Vegas has huge buffets. I've never been to a buffet in Las Vegas. I wouldn't be mad if I got to go to one, but I've never been to a buffet in Las Vegas, but I've been to, you know, I went to a buffet on a cruise ship before. That was pretty epic. Um, there was a, a like a country club type buffet that we went to for Christmas one year, uh, some family years ago. That was pretty amazing. And so you might find yourself at a buffet and like maybe there was, there's all this food there and there's one food that like maybe let's say they were running out of and they said, don't touch this. And you're like, oh, but I really want to try that one thing, right? It had to be something like that. There was all these other things, but because they couldn't touch this, they said that must be really good, right? It added to the allure because it was, it was, uh, not, it was not for consumption. God said, don't touch it. Even though he, he said, you'll die. Apparently they were still considering and it was pleasant to the eyes. So they were enticed because it was pleasant to the eyes. It looked good. It must have looked amazing, especially if in the Garden of Perfection, there was all these other fruits and they looked at that one to eat. And so that was pleasant to the eyes. And then there was this aspect of a tree to make one wise. Well, that means that they would have knowledge from it. There was some benefit to it, right? And they said, well, we really desire this benefit. And if they desired that benefit, what they were saying to God is, we don't believe you're sufficient to lead us and guide us and care for us. Because remember, they're walking around naked. They didn't care. They didn't know any different. So by saying that they wanted to be wise, they were saying, God, you're not enough, right? And we see here in James 1, 12 through 15, blessed is the man that endureth temptation for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Verse 13, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So we see in verse 13 of James uh, chapter 1 that God's not the one tempting here. He can't be tempted and he won't tempt. Verse 14, but every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So we see here that man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Is that not what was happening in the minds of Adam and Eve when they were looking to this fruit? They were drawn away by their own lust. They were enticed by what they saw. Amen. They said, this is good for food. This is pleasant to the eyes. This is going to make us wise. They were really interested and they were tempted. And what do we see the verse say here in James 1? It says verse 15, but then verse 15 of James one, then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. And that's exactly what we see in the garden of Eden. They lusted at this point. If they had simply said, I'm not going to conceive with this lust. I'm not going to bring my lust to fruition. I'm going to say, God, please help me. Right. He'd be glad to step in, trample that serpent underfoot, get him out take care of them. But they didn't do that. Their lust conceived into what? Action. See, it didn't say they just looked at the fruit. It didn't say they considered eating the fruit. What does the verse say in Genesis 3? It says here, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desired to be make one wise, she took the of the fruit thereof and did eat. 
She ate it. And then what did she do? And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. There was no thinking. Um, there was no like calling out to God. There was no deliberation. There was no, they did it. They gave in. The lust, they were enticed. It conceived. It brought forth sin. The sin was eating the fruit, which God said they shouldn't eat. And then that result or the wage of sin, the payment for their decision, the consequence of their decision was death. That's it. That, that's, that's it right there. That's the whole show right there. That same thing is still happening here today. We are still living in a way where we are enticed. We fall into sin and the wages of sin is death. It could be the death of a relationship. It could be the death of fellowship with God. It could be literal death. It could be a spiritual death. You know, God's not mocked and he's not playing around. And when he says sin is dangerous, why does man want to go flirt with sin? Just like Adam and Eve went and flirted with sin, flirted with the devil, and then got caught on the wrong end of it and created a curse that has fallen to every man that's ever lived. Literally billions of people have lived with a curse that Adam and Eve gave into. And billions of people probably would have done the same thing. Only God knows. But because of it, now there's great consequences. You know, I, I was uh, involved in a class the other day, teaching a Bible class. And it's, it was, uh, we're talking about how we can make decisions. God allows us to make choices, but we don't make the consequences. God makes the consequences. Amen. And he had the consequences laid out in his mercy and his love for Adam and Eve prior to them eating the fruit. So they knew them so well that they could repeat them back to the devil. And yet they still fell into this snare. We know the consequences of sin so well. And yet when we're tempted and when we're enticed, we often give in and sin and we face grave consequences that we can't get ourselves out of. Again, the devil wanted to be like God. He told Adam and Eve, you'll be like God. The devil ended up in a horrible predicament because Christ broke his back at Calvary and now all could be saved through Jesus Christ. And the devil ends up being in a pit in hell and people just mocking him and laughing at him. And Adam and Eve got expelled from the garden. They were ashamed once they knew they were naked. Shame entered the picture and it's never left. They are now uh, going to die. They do die. They face death. They never had to face that. They never had to deal with that. You know, Cain kills Abel. Their kids are killing each other. I mean, can you think of anything more painful? That's exactly what entered the picture when sin entered the picture, when lust was enticed and that enticement led to this grave sin. We must be careful. We can't do it on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to keep us from such things. Tune in next time as we get to the next verse in Genesis 3. Thank you for listening. Take care. God bless and amen. Thanks for spending time with us today at the cafe. We would love to hear from you. You can email Brother Clark directly at clark at enduringpromise.org. See you again tomorrow. Same time, same place.